Can a leopard change his spots? It's just a portion of passage that's in Jeremiah. But I want to I begin with a little bit of a story this morning. Um, this is Brian Emmett was a career criminal in London, a drug smuggler and a gangster. This is back in the 80s. He brought his son into the midst of his drug trafficking. They were, they were known internationally and for the things that they were doing. They were kind of a vicious family, but anyone that's in that type of position, you know. But how do you know God has, has, has different story for each one of us? No matter how hardened you might be or how far away you think you might be, one night they were arrested. It was the largest drug bust in, that they'd seen ever in, in England at that time. And they both went off to jail. They were sentenced to jail for 12 years for the amount of uh, drugs that they had in possession. But God still wasn't done with them. And one day they decided they had this group that would come to the prison there. It's called Alpha. Alpha is kind of like our freedom group that we have here. It's an opportunity we have to speak in the lives of every believer. But how many of you know every believer has something in their life that they can get freedom for? Doesn't matter where you're from, each one of us, there's little things that God's trying to, God's trying to pull things out. I've been serving God for too many years, so many years, and God is constantly pulling things out. Why? Is because as we get closer to him, those things begin to come more real, and God begins to pull them and draw them out. And these are men that had never heard the gospel before, but that day they decided to go, and God did a miraculous thing. They got saved. They got saved so radically that the power of the Holy Spirit fell that day. And as it fell upon them, their lives were changed. They were never, ever the same. I mean, that's a good thing. What, is, what I'm trying to get at today is that those individuals were hardened. They were away from God, and an instantaneous God redeemed them, set them free, and put them on a new passion. So much so that... that, that these drug dealers and that, with the prison industry or the prisons would do, they would transfer them around the country in different prisons. They were so radically changed that they took the group, that, that teaching of Alpha, and took it into every prison. And so they would set it up. They, kind of, they became ministers of the gospel every prison they went to. And at the end, they, they, we've seen thousands and thousands of individuals. I think in the last count that they had in the late 2000, 2016 was over 45,000 men and women had come to know the Lord through that ministry because of what they had done. You see, sometimes I think in our past, we look at ourselves and because of, we look at ourselves as kind of nothing in the sight of God, but God sees us differently. God sees who we, who our potential. Why? It's because he knows if we surrender ourselves to him, he can do great things. He took a little boy in David and made David this, this man of God that stood up to the giant, slayed the giant, and then led Israel on some massive victories because he had the potential. He laid it down. But I want you to listen. And, and the son, Michael, as he was interviewed a few years ago, he made the, they had the, the reporter asked him this question, what difference has Jesus made? He replied, I was a drug addict for many years, entrenched with crime, and I looked every bit of the part, but I was broken inside. I was lonely. There was a hole inside of me 
that I tried to fill with the things that didn't work. How many of us can say that? Even today, some, I believe some believers still struggle with that. There's a hole inside of them that they just haven't been able to fill. But he says, Jesus is real. He did an amazing job on me. He changed, the change in me is dramatic. Healing and changing and transformation of my mind and my heart. The last thing was the most important. The curse over my family has been broken. Amen. See, this wasn't just a father and son. It started with their grandfather. And it passed down on to generation to generation. And he, what God did that day was miraculous. See, so many people today, I think, are enslaved with little addictions. And I'm not talking about out, just alcohol or drugs. But we're, we're, there's things that we're addicted to that we don't realize. Yeah. You know, we've come up with the social media in the last, half, last 20 years or so and, and, and the little cell phones. And if we're not careful, we can become addicted to that. Or, or some of us might become addicted to our work where we just become workaholics and we kind of leave our families aside. Or, or some of us can be addicted to maybe the sports that we play and that's the most important thing in our life. Anything that replaces God is a hindrance between you and God. And today, I want to take a look at a little, some of those, those things that enslave us. Those things that tie us up that really don't us allow us to live in the freedom God's given to us. Brian and Michael were enslaved in their sin and their lifestyle. And I think some of us, even as Christians, you know, we, we look back at some of the things we've done in our life and maybe we, we, when we came to know Jesus, we really just haven't moved that far ahead in our walk. And so some of those things that we look at kind of still ensnare us. Doesn't mean we're not in love with Jesus. Doesn't mean we're not Christians. But those things can, can tear us up they can make it almost impossible at times to serve him or to have the faith to do that. But I don't believe that anything is impossible for God. Amen. If he can take two hardened criminals, two individuals that played the part, one thing I've learned about men and women is that our heart is all the same. God years ago told me, I was like, what can I do for you, Lord? What is it? I, 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 and I, I've kind of put up that Moses speech. Lord, I, I'm not good to speak. I'm not good at this. What makes you think I can do this? And God brought me back and said, have you ever felt lonely? I said, yes. You ever kind of been depressed? I said, yes. And he kind of said, Tim, that's where most people go through in their walk. But they choose those situations and they draw to something that makes them feel comfortable. When they draw to it, it builds a barrier between me and them. Share with them what you've gone through and how you overcame through my blood. How you overcame through those situations. See, God sent his son Jesus, we all know, to die on a cross. And it was the actions of him going to that cross and dying that set us free, that give us that life to live in freedom. No longer are we enslaved by the things of our past. No longer are we enslaved by the things of this world. No longer are we enslaved by the things of our mind. Because he set us free and he's given us freedom. There is no greater freedom than what Jesus provided through the cross. That action on the cross. So as I said earlier, 
Jeremiah asked the question, can a leopard change his spots? He was, at, he was telling this to the Israelites in Israel at that point in time in the Old Testament. And basically he said, there's really, you're not going to change. But what's the difference between then and now or then and when Jesus came? The difference is, is Jesus came. The difference is, is Jesus died and rose again. The difference is that when Jesus died and rose again, he broke that, those bounds of hell. And what I mean is that people die, they, they go to heaven, they go to hell. That's reality. But Jesus came and broke that, that bondage that, that we were in. He broke that bondage over us so that we did not have to live enslaved to those sins anymore. We didn't have to live enslaved at all. So I want to look at a little story this morning in Philemon. If you don't know where that's at, go, if you find uh, Timothy 1 and 2 and right, before, right after Hebrews, you'll see finally it's a short book. It's a one-chapter book. But it's really a story of, of two individuals that Paul mentored. Two individuals that Paul poured out his spirit on. Philemon is a, is a business owner that Paul mentored and helped him in the, in the things that he did. And, his, and Philemon had a slave, Onesimus, sorry, I butcher that name. But he was a slave to him. And as the story goes, he stole some of Philemon's possessions and he ran away. He ran to Rome. How many know God's got a little bit of a sense of humor? At that time, when he ran to Rome, he was arrested and thrown in jail. Do you remember who was in jail at that time? Paul. Somehow, Paul, God, God knew that individual's heart. And God let it so they could be together, so he could pour into his life. And what this is, is that he has now taken someone that really was not serving God, someone that was not really doing the things of the Lord, and he really wasn't beneficial to the kingdom and how Paul mentored him. This, this is a letter. This one chapter is a letter to Philemon to explain that. So if you'll turn with me over to Philemon, we're going to just read in, uh, verses 10 through 16. He says, my plea is that you show kindness to my child. This was his spiritual son. That's why he called him his child. Onaniphorus, whom I won to the Lord while here in my chains. Onorifrosis, his name, just so you know, is means useful. How many of you know that we have a name and we come to know Jesus? God changes that name. We've seen that in, throughout Scripture. We've seen that in, throughout times. The, the, the name God placed upon us changes. It changes who we think we are. And I think it's important sometimes we look and we always think that our parents just gave us this name willy-nilly, but God orchestrated those things to speak into our lives. And he says, Ananisrus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is going to be one of real use to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. Verse 13, I really wanted him to him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news. 
and you would have been help, helping me through him. But I did not want to do it without your consent. Doesn't that sound like a father? It says, I didn't want you to be kind because you had to, but because you wanted to. Verse 15, perhaps you could think of it this way, that he ran away from you for a little while so that now he can be yours forever. No longer only a slave, but something much better, a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he, now he will mean much more to you because he is, now, is not only a servant, but also your brother in Christ. See, he moved from being a slave to a servant of God. See, that's what happens in us when we come to know Jesus. We move from a slave to a servant of God if we want to. Because we have that choice. And what I want to look at today is a few things that I think that hinder us, that we need to look at and address in our own lives. The first thing is we need freedom from our past. I think that so many believers are held to their past, they do not realize what hindrance it does for them. See, God has given us a past not for us to be ashamed of and not to hide it, but he has given us a past that we can stand up and say, in spite of this, I have overcome. In spite of this, I can walk out my faith in him. I had a friend of mine that still does, runs Teen Challenge for Women out of Miami. And he has those young ladies, and I see the pictures, the before when they came into the group and when they're released from it. And some of them get released in a year, some of them over a few years. And the transformation is amazing to me. But what it is is they're all wanting to be there. They want something in their life to change but they all have a past. And what they teach them to do is not give glory to the enemy for your past, but to give glory to God that he redeemed you from your past. And then if he can redeem you from your past, he can do the same thing in you. Because he has given us that so that we can tell the world, that we can tell our neighbors, we can tell our coworkers, and we can tell our friends what God has done in each one of us. Real freedom includes moving from our past. Like Oniferous, there is trouble in our past. And if it's not dealt with, it'll catch up. You know, think about if maybe your issue or maybe your struggle is not telling the truth. Maybe your struggle is just, it's a little white lie, but, you know, we still put lies behind us and we, we constantly have to figure out what, where, what I said and here or there. And it gets confusing. Not a, that's a lot of weight to carry on us. We learn to walk out in freedom and we learn to walk out with God. We don't have to hide those things. We don't have to, to worry about it. Why? We've put them under the blood. No longer does God remember those. He doesn't bring up our mistakes. He doesn't bring up our failures and sin. Only the enemy does. I was listening to Robert Morris this week, and he was sharing that years ago in his ministry, he really struggled. He had a failure, and uh, the enemy was at that point was just coming back and said, how, how dare you step up in that pulpit? How dare you do you think that you can get and do the things that God wants you to do? And he shared it with his board. He shared it with those close to him. 
How many of you know we need people around us that we can share the things that we're going through? That's why we offer life groups that you can join a group and get involved in the group. Do you have people there you're safe and they're accountable with? Do you can share what, God's going, the, what you're going through? So they can help you walk that out. So they prayed with him and they said, you need to find someone to talk to. And God gave him a, a name of an old friend. And he said it was funny. The next morning he stepped into his office and the secretary gave him a number, said, so-and-so called me, or called yesterday, want to meet with you, but they had a word for you. And it was that individual. And the word was, he goes, Robert, I don't know why you need to hear this, but God says he doesn't remember anything on your past. Why should you? That's a God that's listening. That's a God that knows our heart. And if, God's not, if God is not wanting to remember, why should we? Why do we think that we have to hold on and remember our past? They need to be dealt with. Those are things that we struggle with. Freedom, the road to freedom starts with our spiritual growth and understand it. Listen to what John says here. It says, so if the sun sets you free, you are free, excuse me, you will be absolutely free. If the sun sets you free, that's Christ. You will be absolutely free. When he forgives you of your past, when he sets you free the day you've said, Father, save me. Father, forgive me. He's forgotten those things. But for some reason, we allow the enemy to attack us because we're constantly looking back. We're constantly looking back on what we did. And if we don't deal with those, that we're always going to be looking back. And God's not about looking back at our past. He's really wanting us to look towards our future. Why? Because the enemy is behind us. He is before us. And if the enemy can ensnare us to do that, then he keeps us entangled. And I think he starts with, with that over our thinking. And there, there's, there's patterns in our thinking. There's patterns in our behaviors that we need to deal with as believers. And those lead us to choices. And it's when we start to make those choices and we ask God those choices, that's when true freedom sets in. I, I, in the midst of taking a class this summer, it was called Jumpstart. And the first day of the class, the, the gentleman said, what is, it, what is your one thing that you want to see accomplished? What is the one thing? And I had to sit there and think about it for a while. What is the one thing in my life that I want to see? And I remember writing it down. It was that day that I hear the words from the Lord, well done, that good and faithful servant. I'm not, I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but that is the one thing that, my, that I want my life to dictate to. Why? Because if that is on my mind and that is on my heart, it leads me and helps me with making better choices. It helps me with thinking and reminding myself who I am in Christ. It helps me and the behaviors I have. Do I still fight them? Absolutely. But I keep that before me. That is the one goal, because I think that helps me in my life. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Church, that, that old life, and each one of us had it, our past is in the past. The day you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're that new creature in Christ. 
You're not the same person you were. As Michael and his father said, God did a miraculous change in them. And I think it's important to note that what they did is they began to serve him. They began to do the things, their mind changing from their selfish needs, which was the drug, drug trafficking and making money and living like the world lives, to where they're now serving God. And they walk that out by, by helping Alpha and starting Alpha in all these different prisons. And I think it's, a, it's, it, it's wrong for us as believers. And we come to know Jesus and we just stop and we think that's all we need to do. We need to be constantly growing, constantly digging, constantly charging after the Lord. God's not looking to bombard your time in full-time ministry. What he's looking to do is see some changes and that you hunger and thirst after him. And when you do that, let me tell you something. God will begin to open up your mind and your heart to new avenues and new things that he's called you to do. He wants us to live in that freedom. Real freedom begins with a confession of sin and surrender of our lives to Christ. When we confess that sin, we confess our past, we confess those things, that's when real freedom will take place. The second point I want to live, look at is freedom of your present. He tells Philemon here, I'm a nephrosis, oh, I am butchering that name. <laughs> Hasn't been much of use to you in the past. But now, how many of you have a but now in your life? But now, I was once a child in the Lord, but now I'm an adult in the Lord. There's a big difference. I was once a drug addict, but now I am a minister of the gospel. I was once an alcoholic, but now I am doing the things God called me to do. I was once now, you can list your sin wherever you want to list it, but now who you are. And I think we have to begin to look and see how God sees us. We have to begin to look and see us because he sees us in a different light. And if all you see is your past and the things that people will throw at you, see, the enemy is going to bring people in your life and they're going to bring up every little fault you had and you have to fight through it. See, God didn't create whiners. He created warriors. And I say that from the standpoint is that we, he created warriors. You look at every aspect of life and every man and women in the, in the gospels from Genesis to Revelation, they were warriors. Why? Because they had to fight constantly. They had to battle constantly. And if you're looking for life and thinking that I can walk this walk and I don't have to battle spiritually, the enemy has deceived you and you're deceived. Because you're going to have to fight. And when you learn to fight on your knees and you learn to fight in the spirit realm and release them into God's hands, that's when you start to see victory. The slave was set free. And now he's free of those past chains, those things that ensnared him. He was set free from, from running away. He was set free from stealing the things of his uh, master. Now he can pick up the destiny that God had for him. How many of you are, are looking for that destiny to step into? How many of you are looking to pick up that destiny and walk? See, when you come to know Jesus, it just, our lives should change. 
If you're the same that you were before you got saved as you are now, then something is wrong. We have to analyze our life and to see where we're at. We have to look at things in our life and see where we're at. And God wants to set us free. He wants us to live with that purpose. We're going to face the same temptations, but we face them with a different battle plan. We face them with different things that God can lead us through. We don't have to fall back to the same patterns. Our choices are the same decisions that we made in the past. Hebrews 10, 14 says, With one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Listen to those last, those who are being made holy. Who are those that are being made holy? That's us. He didn't say they're made holy that day, but they're being made holy. Why? Because we have to walk out our faith. If you're perfect then, God bless you. But none of us are. God has given us grace the day that we came to him for salvation. But he's also given us grace for our sins after that day. Why? So we don't sit there and beat ourselves up when we fell. Because we're being made holy. The problem is when we stop and we don't want that new life, we stop and we don't want to, to chase after the things of God and we stop because we're just tired, worn out, and we've allowed the enemy to, to kind of take his hold on us and beat us down. I'm sure David was worn out in his years of where God had promised him that he was going to be the next leader and king of Israel. But he, he had to fight for it. God taught him and matured him. See, that's that, that's that thing of, of being made holy. It's the maturing process that we go through. I don't think the same way as a child that I did. I got saved at age nine. I like to tell the story at 10, 11, 12, and 13, every year following. <laughs> every morning still today. Why? It's because the things that I wanted and the desires I had are not the same they are today. I want a greater and a stronger walk with God. It's why I said I want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That way I know I walked it out. First John says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one knowing that you're not alone. See, the enemy wants us to think that when we sin, that we've messed up and God is done with us, and God's not. We have an advocate in Jesus. And when we, when we allow that advocate to go for us and plead for us, then that's where we begin with the freedom. There is no greater freedom than what Jesus provided through the cross that day. My third one point is freedom of your future. See, if you can't get the freedom of your past, it's going to hinder your freedom of your present. And you, and you won't be able to walk out, but you also won't have a future because it's all going to be scarred and marred by your past. So if you can't leave your past behind, then your future in Christ is always going to be a little bit blurry and you won't be able to see him clearly. How many of you know we need vision to be able to see God clearly and to walk that out? Freedom for your future. He tells us in verse 16, Paul tells Philemon, that from this day forward, Oniphorus will be something much more than, than a slave. He will be a beloved brother. Now he will mean much more to you 
because he is not only a servant, but also a brother in Christ. That, that means so much more. How many of you know we need brothers and sisters in Christ to come along us? That's the maturing process. That's when we know that we can become. And each one of us need to learn how we can become a brother and sister in Christ yeah. to be able to handle and be able to help people. That's why God has put us on this earth. He's given us a destiny. And he's told each one of us that our job is to go out and minister the gospel. Preach the gospel that we can make disciples. Preach the gospel that we can share other people what God has set me free from. Preach the gospel to share the good news that Jesus Christ is alive and well. Preach the gospel that Jesus has set us free. We, we've given the freedom to live out what God has created in you. We're not to live with the worry and fear of tomorrow. Too many of us are bound up with those things. And I think it's human nature. That is our biggest battle is that within human nature to fight through that. Because the enemy tells us constantly, you lose your job, where's your money going to come from? You lose your job, what are you going to do? And for a believer, yes, do we worry? We're not, we're not immune from that. But I also know one thing, that God is my redeemer. He tells me that I am to cast my cares upon him. And every step of the way, God is orchestrated. He's brought me out of some horrific situations in my life. And, and I have not been scathed. Yes, I had markings going through. And I pray that I've released them into God's hands. But every step of the way, God has been honorable and faithful. And what we have to learn with our future is that we have to rest in Christ. We have to learn to rest in him. We have to allow our souls to rest. If we're constantly worrying about the things of this world, we're constantly worried about tomorrow and the things of tomorrow, it leaves us unrestless, kind of restless, that we're just not sure what we're going to do. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. There's, there's, a point, there's two points there that I want to hit upon. Seek the kingdom of God. It's where we have to chase after God. We get, to, we get to seek him by reading his word. We get to seek him by understanding the game plan. This is the will of our life because he gives it to us. In our time of prayer, God begins to speak to us and begins to share with us. Then it says live righteously. That's where we have to make those decisions, how we're going to live. Are we going to live according to this world or are we going to live according to God's world? It's really that simple. The confusion lies in our choices that we make. We have heaven and we have hell. And they're both very real realities. And so many of us today don't understand that or don't take that seriously. God sent his son to, to redeem us. Sent his son to be a ransom on that cross that day. It's not just a nice story. It's not just a nice little thing we talk about at Easter. But it's because of the work he did. It's because of the anguish that he went through that allows each one of us to live in that liberty that he wants us to live. If I can have the worship team come back up. There is no greater freedom than what Jesus provided through the cross. 
I think it's an understanding we need to know that that cross gives us that liberty. That cross gives us that freedom. So as I told you in the beginning, Jeremiah asked his people, he says, can a leper get rid of the, its spots? And he goes on and says, so what are the odds on you doing good? You are, are so long practiced in evil. This is him talking to the Israelites. And it's hard to change. Change is hard. It's difficult on us. Why? Because of our minds and our hearts and what we, what we hold on to. We can't control the things that people say about us. We can't control that. That we never will be. So I'm more concerned about what Christ thinks on me and those that are in my close circle, because they'll be honest with me, than I am of what the things of the world will say. It's difficult to pass the test some days. But the New Testament tells us change is possible through Jesus. So can a leopard change the spot? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross. He sent the power of the Holy Spirit that we could overcome. Brian and Michael, that story I told you at the beginning, were living examples of that. They're living examples of how men can go wrong in their life, but with one instance and one touch from God, how they can be set free. The message is not meant to bash us. It's meant to understand each one of us as believers here today struggle with something. That's what we need freedom from. Each one of us can compartmentalize things in our life. And when we do that, we bottle things up and we're ensnared. So we go home at night where we turn to something that we, that we need relief from. And we just, we don't feel like if, if someone in that church knows what I'm going through, they're going to think I'm, you know, this or that. And that's the enemy playing with us. That's why I suggested find a life group. Find people that are believers that are stronger than you. Find believers that you can look up to. As we walk through those battles, God is there to help us each and every way. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He tells us to stand firm. Then do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. He gives us one, one command to stand firm. Because when we go back to our old lifestyle, we're burdened by the yoke of our slavery. When we go back in, that's why we have to reconcile our past. That's why we need to stay focused on our, on our present. But it's also because God has given us a future. That we keep going back and forth and go back to those little things. Why do we go back to them? Because they're comfortable. They're kind of when you eat a, a gooey dessert. Why do you eat it? Because it's comforting. So I call it comfort food. Makes you feel good. Then the next day you put on a pound or two and you don't feel very comfortable anymore. Sin does that to us. And the next day we feel guilty and we struggle with that battle. And God wants us to let it go. Why? See, set us free. Will you bow your heads with me today? no one look around. I'm just going to ask just 
I, I really feel pa- pastor's word this morning that God gave him. And I think this message that go hand in hand. And I think there are individuals in this room that we have things that we struggle with, but we're just, we just don't know where to turn sometimes. And the first stop is we confess to Christ. James tells us to confess our sins one to another. Why? Because we, that confession allows us to unburden our, ourselves and pray for one another. Why? It's because there's strength when we come together and we pray over each other. Why? It's so that way we may be healed. God is looking to heal you and touch you and remove the yoke that is, some of us carry in our walk. Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity we have today in your presence, Lord God. For the opportunity we have to be here today. Lord God, you orchestrated for those online, you orchestrated for those that are in-house to hear your message, to hear your word today, Lord God. There are some here, Father, that, that if they were to be honest with you, there are things in their past that they really struggle with. There are things in their past that just tie up their walk with you. There's things in their past that just keep them from living a life of fullness in you. I'm going to ask no one looking around, but if, if that is you this morning and no one's looking around, this is between you and I. Well, there are things in your walk that you just want, maybe you just need to let God have them to set yourself free. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand so I can keep you in my prayers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you saw those hands this morning. Lord, I'll add myself to that list. Lord, and I I lift them up to you today. Lord God, I pray your Holy Spirit has been mighty in this house today. Lord God, you came with with a moment, you came at a time to set us free, to set us free today to relieve us so that we are not hindered by our past. We're not hindered by our mind. That we can walk out our salvation. We can walk out with healing. We can walk out in freedom today. You've given us freedom that we're not hindered any longer. Lord, I pray and I thank you Thank you for the time this morning and ask your spirit to move like it's never moved before. Church, I'm going to just ask you to stand as we close. I want to challenge each one of you this morning. These altars are open. I'm up here. Pastor's up here for prayer. But the word tells us that we need to come together and we need to pray. We want to walk out of here in freedom. We want to walk out of here maybe those new creatures in Christ that he's promised us to be. So we're going to leave these altars open for you. I want to encourage you to step down. But I want you to take these next few moments. Just raise your hands to the heaven. 
And let's let the worship team lead us in this last song. Let God seal in our hearts what he's brought forth today. Let God seal in our mind the work that he has started today, that we can walk and live in the freedom he's called us to.